1: the two-man power trip of wrestling this is another episode of who is and i am your host jp john Paz, and of course joining me the second man in the booth the doctor himself mr j michael p.s jargo jargo how you doing
0: i'm doing great man it's been a long week i've been looking forward to this and then i get the topic for the day we're, we're, we're doing another hulk hogan show pause another hulk hogan show there is no wrestling without Hulk Hogan. We all know this. Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't debate that. But I, I'm starting to feel like this is a rib on me, Pause. Like, you know how how big of a fan of Hulk Hogan I am. And then, like, every other week, you got me doing a Hulk Hogan show. What's going on here? Who's the man behind the curtain, Pause.
1: We need a different perspective, because everyone knows I love the Hulkster, so you can't go all pro-Hulkster 100% of the time. You know, you got to change up the uh, the view. Never go Second.
0: full Hulkster, boss.
1: Yeah, you can't go full Hulkster all the time, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, I, I, I guess I will play the RBV role this week. You know, you send me this topic, best Hogan opponent. yes define best Hogan opponent because I feel like there's the in-ring opponent I feel like there's the creative opponent you know there there's so many different ways to look at best Hogan opponent what list are we going off of here
1: I personally would like to say it could be in-ring but I want to base it more off like box office and like you know he's all about putting butts in the seats he's all about making money yes i do want to talk about his in ring stuff but i want to talk maybe who is his best opponent where he made the most money he kept going back to that well he kept wanting to work with that person like that's the kind of who is his best opponent that i was thinking of definitely box office wise would be my my leader and then work rate creative kind of follow suit
0: I mean, and and that's the thing about Hogan. And I know we we were kind of talking a little bit off air this morning and you said you had a list of 30 names. Now I am a guy who does not like Hulk Hogan. I was never a little Hulkster brother. My list still has 19 names, you know, which is just disgusting. Like Hogan was the measuring stick for so long. And in so many ways he still is. It's kind of crazy that like even for somebody who was not a Hogan fan, his best opponent, here's my list of 19 freaking guys.
1: It's crazy. Some of them that I put in there are just awesome, like little feuds that he had that probably won't win it, but I just wanted to mention them and throw them out there because it's awesome. Cause at one point, and I was thinking about it as I was doing the the Hogan era podcast, he's got three feuds going on. <laughs> at one time with three different awesome guys that are all on my list that are all great it's like wait a second and you're looking you're like wait he fought him here him here he's got three feuds going on at once i mean i i love that kind of stuff they almost did that a little bit recently with reigns when he was shooting with uh lesnar i forget who else oh uh, finn balor and then he kind of had something else going on so i feel like they almost try to do that with like the big name guys but hogan was a special thing where it's like man this guy's drawing and selling out three different venues with three different guys like it's crazy Well, I mean,
0: even, uh, I love it when companies do this, and Hogan was always very, very good about doing it, where you run it back, right? Like, we just saw it in AEW this week with Powerhouse Hobbs and Orange Cassidy. Like, they're showing us highlights from their previous matchup. Orange Cassidy wins it in 15 seconds. They do a callback to it in this match. I love it when you have the year's worth of history, and Hogan was so good about, you know, even like somebody like Warrior, that, like, typically I don't think I would put Warrior on my best Hogan opponents list, right? Because I I don't think WrestleMania six was that good of a match as I go back and I watch it now all these years later. We've had this conversation. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But then he runs it back in WCW. So you have these years of feuds to where, where, you know, the Macho Man feud, it ran for, you know, 12 years and they're these huge epic programs and even somebody like you know the big boss man you can go back and you can find you know a decade of history in this on running feud Hogan was always so good about that when he would pick his opponents to run stuff back
1: I love that and that's such a thing where it's like he knows he can make money with certain guys let's run it back whether it is WCW, because it's funny. It's like, oh, he brings Warrior in, Havoc, 98, suck, blah, blah, blah. WrestleMania 6 did big business, or maybe it didn't work, but... When he came in in '98, and Steve Austin was at the height of Steve Austin, WWF started their turnaround. They started to kick ass, and really started to catch up. WCW Warrior comes in, they do a nostalgia act, and he's getting better ratings than Austin for weeks on end. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, maybe it didn't work, but the box office it did pretty good. The crowds are into it; they're selling out havoc, which I mean they would have sold it out anyway. But it's one of those things where it's. It's like, yeah, it didn't work maybe match-wise, but business-wise up until that point, it did work. And then all of a sudden, well, we don't need it anymore because Hogan already beat you. <laughs> and then it's like, all right, I guess business uh, isn't needed. But he definitely well, did a little bit of business in those three months.
0: And that's the thing, right? When I, like, I have warrior number 11 on my list. I think both of those matches were disappointments. Versus what you know, I would think of of these two huge icons at that period of time inside of their career. WrestleMania
1: six. I love WrestleMania six.
0: I just I don't think the match is that good. Like I think that is the rose colored glasses of pro wrestling. Like I think we all look back on because it was such a huge moment, right? Because you have the two baby faces against one another. At least it's kind of presented like it's champion versus champion title for title. Like the intercontinental title held that much weight inside of the company because of the business that had been done to warrior getting the intercontinental championship. Like it felt like the mega powers exploding, right? It was huge. And then you go back and watch the match and it's like, meh, you know, like it's, it's surely not savage and steamboat, you know, I'm just saying
1: Hey, the crowd is into it, though. Crowd
0: absolutely, nuts. absolutely, and that's why I I have it at number eleven on my list because even though I don't think the matches were very good, best Hogan opponent that WrestleMania six is the rose colored glasses of pro wrestling.
1: Plus, box office. If you look at it, WrestleMania six, big, big money did well. Not even close to as good as WrestleMania five against Savage. I mean, Savage. Right? outdrew them pay-per-view wise by 200000 I know it's in a bigger venue, but they make more money off of that that Trump partnership there and, and Trump Plaza and them having that many more pay-per-view buys. It's just crazy. So that's why I have Savage, and I'm kind of teeter-tottering if he's number one or not, because the feud really starts in 85 and it ends in 89. So I really have Savage. He's basically one, two, three on my list. I kind of keep changing around. You Interesting. Make someone- I have
0: him four. So Ooh. one, two, three. Uh-huh. I, yeah. I mean, we're, we're kind of in that, that same, I have him number four
1: on my list. So WrestleMania four and five, it's kind of like, okay, the mega powers, mega power exploded, all that business. He did Hogan isn't champ for a year. Savage is business is exactly where it was before. So it's like, wow, this guy must be a pretty damn good draw. If he's drawing as good as Hogan warrior. Had the exact opposite effect it went right. downhill but not not crazy amount where it would like get later on but it went downhill so they had to go back to hogan but savage is like oh shit this guy's maintaining we're gonna lead this up we're gonna have the big blow off and we're gonna do seven hundred seventy five thousand pay pay-per-view buys which was huge at that time right and they're gonna be you know just a huge box office attraction so to me it's like wow hogan and savage is awesome then they continue on their feud you know you got SummerSlam and the tag match no holds barred match They have that big match uh, Saturday Night's Main Event where Buster Douglas is is the referee. They have big matches in England. I mean, they're having matches everywhere. And it's like, wow, Savage and Hogan, whatever reason. I know Savage usually doesn't win maybe MSG count out or this Boston Gardens count out or some random thing. But he's not pinning Hogan. But people love this feud and it was making a shit ton of money. And four and five was such a key vital WrestleMania for just making tons of money during that pay-per-view boom. And like, God damn, like Hogan and Savage are so Im- popular, so important. WCW runs it back and they do even more business. Yeah. 90- obviously, they team 94, 95. They feud 96. They team back up in 97. They feud again in 98, 99. So it's one of those things where Hogan always goes back to, well, he saw money in Savage. And obviously, so did everybody else. Mr. Slim Jim. Ooh, yeah, he well, was a huge star.
0: I think the other thing with Savage that was important is the matches were pretty good right? Because, and and I've talked about this for years when it comes to a pro wrestling context, styles make fights, right? So you got Hogan versus warrior. They're basically mirror images of each other, right? Like as far as the moveset goes, the build goes, you got somebody like Hogan, you need somebody like Savage who's significantly smaller, was an absolute bump machine. You know, all these things that warrior was not, So the match quality was so much better between Savage and Hogan because Savage was a world-class worker and, you know, love him or hate him, Warrior certainly was not.
1: Savage is very high on my list just because if you think about all the money they made from all those pay-per-views, whether it's WrestleMania four, Survivor Series 88, then Royal Rumble 89, it was all kind of predicated around Hogan and Savage and that feud and the tension with Hogan and Savage and Elizabeth storyline and the mega powers exploding. And then even later on, he's still still there. You know, he's getting his title shots here and there, but he's still there. And they're leading up to the Big Buster Douglas show, which did millions upon tens of millions and right. millions of viewers. And that was a cool little storyline there. Like I mentioned, the no Holds bard match and the movie, that whole thing, SummerSlam 89. So it just man, they made a shit ton of money off that feud. And then WCW basically was like, well, we're going to do it too. And then we might make Savage the face and Hogan the heel. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, all right, these two guys can make money against each other anytime, any place. Let's throw For them out decades. there. Decades. Yeah. Basically 14, 15 years. Nuts.
0: Yeah. It's really crazy when you look at it in context. And so, so I told you I've got Savage at four. One, two, and three, all kind of go together. Because for me, when we talk about Hogan's best opponent, the answer is Bobby the Brain Heenan. Like, to me, he is number one on the list, even though it wasn't necessarily in ring. The Heenan family and the ongoing storyline of Heenan and Hogan, whether it was the AWA, through the WWF, into WCW, like Heenan, to me, is clearly... Hogan's greatest opponent, even though they never actually wrestled. And then to, for me, two and three come directly off of Heenan with Andre at two and Bachwinkle at three.
1: Oh, nice. I definitely agree with Heenan. They actually did have a couple of two-on-three handicap matches. I think it's 86. It's Hogan and Andre against Stud, Bundy, and Heenan. But obviously, they're not going to have a one-on-one match or any anything like that.
0: I wish they would have. Like I know. It, it would have been uh, cool.
1: Five minutes uh, alone or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, it's unfortunate that Heenan was, you know, basically made of glass by that point. So, I mean, even in the handicap matches, you're not getting a whole lot of, out of Bobby the Brain Heenan. But if you actually go back and find video footage of Heenan when he was active, he was really freaking good. Yeah. It's awesome. I Love. think of how much money he could have made throughout the 80s with that freaking mouth if he
1: could have worked too. Yeah, bump machine too. If you're yeah, watching the absolutely. Stuff. Yeah, all over the place, bumping. So Heenan is on my list. Very high. I totally agree. Um, he would have to be considered all the Heenan family stuff. So it's like funny. It's like he feuds with Stud, but it's kind of predicated with Heenan. Feuds right. with Bundy, it's kind of Heenan. You know, he's doing the Harley race thing. It's kind of he Like, I mean, a lot of stuff is not Heenan's fault, really. Storyline-wise, I guess you could say. But he's riling up his guys. And you know, Hogan's, Hogan's the villain. I'm the baby face. Or we're the good guys. He's the bad guys. But I even felt like on his commentary, he was such, doing such a good job you know berating hogan putting him down putting over the heels i mean it was just perfect feud without even realizing like like they really love each other like behind the scenes or whatever they really like each other heenan says hogan's the best all this other stuff but like in front of the camera you're like man these guys hate each other heenan's always ripping hogan yeah
0: and they made a ton of money together and then even when you fast forward to wcw when hogan turns heel Heenan's still consistent like, I told you for years that Hogan was a freaking dirtbag, and nobody believed me, and even though I'm the heel commentator, I still hate Hogan because screw the NWO. Like, it, it was just – it was so fantastically done on both of those guys' parts.
1: It's funny because he says a Bash of the Beast 96, who, but whose side is he on? And, like, I, don't, I, I didn't pay attention to – like, so many people didn't pay attention because they it's in doing his heel stick – Hogan. Some people like, "Oh, it ruined it." I was like, "No, it didn't." I was like, "It, it just kind of fell in line to what Heenan would say."
0: And, and I I think that's one of those things that like historically, people that didn't live through it look back on it and yep. for them it's ruined. For anybody that lived through that moment in real time, Bobby Heenan was right. Like that was the moment that you knew all this time, Ho- Heenan's been telling you what a dirtbag Hogan is for, you know, 15 years at this point, 20 years at this point. And in that moment, Bobby Heenan was right. Do you ever refer to him as Bobby the Stain? I mean? do not. I no, probably okay. should, which is hilarious <laughs> because, you know, like I'm, I'm the first guy <laughs> to jump on like Mitchell Cole, you know? So yep. y- you would think that I would, but I, I think I just have like such an affection for Bobby Heenan. Because even like as a kid, like, you know, you're not supposed to like Bobby Heenan, but he was hilarious. Like, he was the first heel that was just like, damn, like he's so good because there's a certain element of truth in everything that he says. You know, yeah, he was exactly. so good. You couldn't hate Bobby Heenan, but you wanted to hate Bobby Heenan. And I, I think that's kind of where my affection for heel wrestlers really started was with Bobby Heenan.
1: He's a guy you love to hate but yep. like you, you hate to love him too. It's like, it's like a mix, but then you're like, damn, I love this guy. Like, I just love his whole act. Weasel yep. weasel. You get caught up in all that stuff. He's so good at it.
0: And you see it a little bit in Dan Lambert now, you yeah. know, where, where he actually responds to the crowd when they hit him with these stupid chants and Heenan's reaction to the crowd. When the weasel chance would start is what actually sold it and why it became a thing.
1: Yes. Oh, so good. Um, as far as Heenan, he's very high on my list. You mentioned a guy that I was teeter tottering if he was number one or not on my list. Andre the Giant. All again predicated because Heenan is goading him, saying, Oh, Hogan got a bigger trophy. Oh, Hogan's the champion. Oh, you're undefeated, but Hogan never gave you a title shot. Oh, you want another battle royal. Hogan's not like giving you a title shot. He's really in Andre's ear, egging him on and teasing him on, but man. Andre Hogan talked about box office like we've said a million times the slam that leads on all the WB shows it's the first thing you see why because it's the most important moment in WWE of history and it's Hogan slamming Andre the Giant and beating him at WrestleMania 3 which sets up Survivor Series SummerSlam. Pat Patterson and Vince basically said how can we make more money and milk more money out of this feud let's just creep creating more pay-per-views oh people are going to buy it yep hogan and andre just throw them out there so andre teeter-tottering right now and if he's number one or not on my list
0: if we were talking about an in-ring competitor i have to put andre number one just because of the historical significance of hogan versus andre like to me pause would we be sitting here having this conversation right now If Hogan doesn't slam Andre, like, I mean, I, Mm. it's that big of a moment in professional wrestling history. It changed the entire business, especially from a television perspective, from a marketing perspective, seeing them draw that many people may really legitimized the WWF at the time and WrestleMania as this huge, like cultural event. I mean, it's really hard to not say Andre is number one to have a crowd like that for WrestleMania three. And now we're still trying to draw that many people to shows. You know what I mean? Like, and Hogan, does he get over to the pop cultural level without WrestleMania three being in there opposite of Andre? We've talked before. I don't think there's been a professional wrestler in the history of pro wrestling that was as over as Andre, the giant now, even post-mortem, like, you know, my eight-year-old knows who Andre, the giant is. And you know, my, my 90 some year old grandfather who passed away a couple of years ago, he knew who Andre, the giant was my grandmother who passed away 20 years ago, knew who Andre, the giant was everybody knows Andre, the giant for that reason alone for him putting Hogan over at WrestleMania three and what it did for the business. How is he not the number one in ring competitor?
1: It's funny. Tony Romo on the, uh, Bucks. was it the Bucks, uh, bears game yesterday was saying he quoted something. He's like, that guy's huge. He goes, looks like Andre the giant talking about one of the linemen. So I was like, that's so funny. Just like in everyone's head. And my, my father-in-law who, never in a million years would watch wrestling obviously he's in his just turned 70 but he never watched wrestling just not into it never liked it he goes hey you know i was watching this andre the giant documentary he goes uh, i forget what channel yep. was on originally an hbo production but it was on another channel he's like man it's so fascinating and he's like man i was like you know andre the giant he goes everybody knows andre the giant so i was right. like wow that, i was like man i was like it's pretty fascinating he goes you don't watch any wrestling he's like well everyone knows andre the Giant." And right. he's like that's, it. and then he would say he's like that's interesting, him and Hulk, that they uh, kind of were saying that Andre wasn't going to do business, and I was like <laughs> in my head thinking I was like even that I think was a little bit of a work, just because Andre and Hogan were buddies, but that is even lore that people are, are still talking about. It's like wow, Hogan beat Andre. Who knows if he was really going to do business? Right. He, my father-in-law, never watched wrestling. He's even mentioning that. It's like oh man, that's awesome that Hulk beat him. Like, <laughs> and, and the fact that he he knows who Hulk Hogan is, right? Of course.
0: Because of Andre the Giant. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's crazy when you really think back on it. Nobody in the history of this business has ever been more over than Andre the Giant.
1: It's crazy. And somebody was mentioning on Twitter, because I didn't know this either because I never watched the show, but it's $6 million man. He made like appearances on that show and stuff like so. Yeah, you know, he was very mainstream, even more so than than we realized. You remember that we were doing... uh best celebrity act actor best wrestling actor didn't really mention that that uh andre did some other stuff too besides princess pride obviously which has got major mainstream appeal but everyone knows andre it's crazy yeah it's
0: absolutely insane it's
1: absolutely insane and that what he did for hogan
0: and putting him over at three that that's it like to me when you talk in ring andre's number one and if you talk to me like in general best opponent that doesn't happen without Bobby Heenan, so that puts Heenan at one and Andre at two.
1: Think about it though, the longevity. I know at that point it's making so much money in those few years, like Survivor Series. Well, obviously, but really it started off with with WrestleMania, then Survivor Series, then eventually SummerSlam. Like it's basically a two year period. I mean, they're making a ton of money. WrestleFest '88 is really well, Hogan and Andre in the cage. But then Andre kind of teeters off and it's only a few years. So, I mean, they're making a shit ton of money and really kind of sets up the future of the, of the company that you would see for many, many years because of that era. But it doesn't have the longevity of making all, all the money of a Savage Hogan that goes 15 years. So that's was like the, my issue thinking. I was like, man, it's like, what did I give to Andre? But I bet you if you add up all the dollars and cents, maybe Savage would be number one because it's WrestleMania. Five, did 700 whatever 775 thousand buys which is huge but then this right. and then you just keep going and going it's like man then halloween havoc 96 which is on the back of hogan and savage i mean it's like man on Censor 98 i i know on since 98 that cage match isn't that great but they sold a pay-per-view on that and any pay-per-view hogan's on you know it's going to make more money so man that that's why i was thinking i was like maybe savage might take it i don't know but then i was thinking of another guy that he worked many times and wrestled in WWF and WCW and created WrestleMania one with him. What about the hot rod rowdy, Roddy Piper? He's got to be high up on the list. Piper is on my list, but
0: not nearly as high as I thought that he would be. Hmm. Um, Which is interesting because when it comes to, I Hogan for all of the negatives that I have to say about him, as an in-ring competitor, was so freaking good on the stick. And it was really, really hard to find somebody to put opposite of Hogan on the stick that you thought was actually better than Hogan. Right. And Piper was kind of the first guy that really, really brought that, where it was like, you know, I, I you get it all pumped up for the Hogan promo, brother. And then Piper would come out and just freaking bury it. Like he made Hogan look bad on the microphone, you know, because he was freaking Roddy Piper and he made an entire career out of doing that to a awful lot of wrestlers. But for some reason, when Piper would insult you, it cut a little bit deeper and it made things a little bit more personal and their matches always felt like fights. Like they were going out there and just throwing freaking hands. Like this is somebody that like Hogan, it's not just about beating this guy. Like it was really personal for Hogan. It wasn't about the championship. It was about his pride because Piper was just cutting him so deep. Really, really good stuff. I thought I would have Piper higher, but I've got him at eight on my list, which just seems insane to me until I look at the names above him.
1: So WrestleMania one is basically created because of Hogan and Piper. Rock and wrestling connection, Hogan Piper, the cartoon Hogan Piper. So it's a lot of like you know, as Piper sends up heavy, running neck and neck, and being that top heel to Hogan's top baby face. Uh, I like to match of WrestleMania one, obviously Orndorff and Mister T involved. I like to match a wrestling classic. I like the war to settle the score. I feel like you're right. Always was a good brawl, but Piper stood toe to toe and they, man, they would beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Usually shorter matches, not like crazy long, but they were great matches that you were like, oh man, I wish there was a finish or, oh man, I wish it didn't end that way. Cause it kept you wanting more and more, but then there was kind of no finish to it because apparently Piper wouldn't do business brother. So there wasn't really a finished Per se to that feud, really, Mister T kind of takes over, and they have that boxing match, and then eventually Piper turns babyface. But I feel like th- that's like one of the things, like, man, we didn't get to see the finish. But then shows up in WCW run Halloween back, Havoc, brother. Yeah, again, run it back. Hogan uh, was the according to Sullivan, Kevin Sullivan, of course, was the guy that really wanted Piper to come in, and not just like oh, I want to beat this guy. He does a lot of good business with him. He drops to him first, loses to him at Starcade when Hogan and him are doing the, the promo face-to-face at Havoc 96, Hogan's just letting Piper go. I mean, maybe he couldn't keep up with him because Piper's nailing him with shot after shot after oh, shot. Man. But it's awesome. Like, Hogan's like, all right, we were neck and neck. Like, almost trying to end it. <laughs> like, all right, let's get out of here. <laughs> Let, let's, uh, okay. That's he, enough, brother. That's enough. All right. Because, <laughs> man, that is one of my favorite promos ever. It's so damn good. So you're bored, are you? Like, you're like, oh, shit, it's on now. And it's so good too because they don't cut off pipe or the pay-per-view just ends, which right. I personally love. People are like, oh, he should have stopped in pay-per-view. No, it's awesome because the next night on Nitro, you're like, I gotta see what the hell happened. They were still arguing with each other as the pay-per-view went off the air. And meaning the pay-per-view went the full three hours, too. They didn't like cut it off and it's over. I mean, they right. went to, he's cutting promo, promo. So I just love that. Even though some people were like, Oh, the matches in WWE were that good. Uh, underrated Starcade '96 match. That match is great. They're brawling like crazy. They're really trying hard. It feels like a
0: fight. It ain't yeah, pretty in any way, shape, or form. But it feels like a fight.
1: Maybe Super Brawl and Havoc, maybe f- they fall short, obviously. And Havoc, they both seem like they're a little injured too. And it's a weird cage match, but maybe those fall short. But Starkey 96 is good and should have got a way higher star rating from Meltzer, way yeah, higher, at least three to me. I mean, because they were trying their after The crowd was going nuts. And the, the fin- creative
0: was so good going into
1: yep. it. Show us the hip piper, that whole thing. It's so good. I mean, and to think like, okay, these guys made so much money for WBF, let's run it back. Oh, not only did they make so much money for WCW, that's was, was the killer for WWF. That's what started the 83 weeks was the sting. Like, what the fuck is going on with Sting? Okay, Piper comes in. You're like, oh, shit something's going on here they Hogan beat Savage like that's the end of that so it's like okay where do we go from here fucking Piper shows up holy shit that was obviously the NWO plays a huge part of it and Hogan being Hollywood Hogan but the Piper thing kind of set, set it off we're like wow anybody could show up anything could happen we're gonna get dream matches we're gonna get match of the century Hogan's finally gonna get a win back too I you know she's gonna cheat at Super Bowl, but but you know he jobs to him first at starcade to me it's like man they made a shit ton of money with piper and that spans decades
0: yep absolutely and you mentioned another name there that was happening kind of at the same time and a name that i do have above piper is sting uh mm-hmm. the entire nwo sting angle i obviously it was the hottest thing in pro wrestling until starcade right Yep. And, and the way that things ended up going down but even if you fast forward it years in time tna when they were doing sting and hogan right i mean like yeah. that's another one of those feuds that spanned multiple companies that just never really you know yeah they might come together for a little bit but you know it's gonna blow up because it's sting and hogan how high did you have sting on your list
1: i have him sixth or seven. One, two, three, four, five. Basically six, but I could flip him with seven. But uh, I have him at pretty damn high. Because if you think about it, NWO, WCW, huge. It's killing the WBF. It's not like it's by itself and it's doing this big business. To enable to kill the top dog and who had a 40-year you know, advantage on you or whatever you want to say. A huge right. jump on you is awesome. And it's like, okay, you got Hollywood Hogan. You had Piper. How do you keep going up? How do you keep making more money? Sting. And it, people kind of underestimate him as being the, the drill that he was, but people saw him as a WCW franchise and he got so damn popular. They were saying the only guy that kind of even matched the NWO in merch sales was those damn Sting masks and the t shirts yeah. and like the gloves, like all this other shit that they're selling for the Stinger. He was the other guy, he was huge for them. So it's like, okay, Sting maybe didn't draw great money with other guys, maybe other than Flair. And if you look at TV ratings, him and Flair right. always drew huge ratings, but it's like, Sting needed maybe the Hogan, and Hogan needed Sting at that point, and they're doing eight hundred thousand buys on friggin' story. I mean, it's almost beating, and, and maybe even surpassing WrestleMania Five, which was the king of the hill for years. So it's like holy shit! Like people wanted to see Sting Hogan. Obviously, the match kind of sucked, and Sting should have went over, and that's uh, cleanly, and that's a different story for a different day. But they made a shit ton of money, even afterwards okay you know they do 450 or five hundred thousand at super brawl and it didn't do that well but still that's huge and still that's big money and maybe they killed it off a little bit but man sting and hogan was a huge huge business and they built it up for a friggin' year and i think that's the thing that's so impressive right like we talk about
0: the piper program and how hot the piper program was and you got piper out there just cutting hogan to shreds on the stick and then you go into sting and talk about the polar opposite Hogan has to carry the entire program on the mic because Sting's entire gimmick is he doesn't freaking talk for a year for a year.
1: Yep. Crazy. Awesome though.
0: And what does AEW do? He hands him a microphone on week two.
1: What the <laughs> hell?
0: And like, what are you doing?
1: And then every week after that, somebody cuts him off as he's about to talk. Very, very weird stuff. So kind of like emasculating him, making him look weak to keep people like, cutting him there off. There was a
0: reason they didn't let Sting talk for a year. Like it, it was so he didn't become the ultimate warrior and start talking in, you know, psycho babble because Sting was never the greatest promo in the world. And I think the best promo Sting ever did was his, like Joker Sting when he could just psycho babble.
1: He had a bunch of good ones when he was about to turn into Crow. Thing, remember when he turns his back on the camera and you know Bishop's like, "Well, why is his back on the camera?" You could stick it. Like he's got he. There's Ben, but he's good in short bursts. Obviously, he's not Hogan on the mic. Yeah, give was, give you
0: know, him ninety like, seconds tops.
1: Yeah, like he's good in short bursts. He'll get the crowd into it. But that just shows his charisma. That like the guy just stands there and you're like, I love this guy. Oh, like he did like. How yep. much charisma do you have to have where you don't speak and people are just like, "I love this guy, oh, I want right. to see him kill Hogan." It's like, whoa, like charisma out the wazoo for the stinger.
0: You know, and and as much as I love like that, the entire build to that thing. You know who looks awful in that feud,
1: JJ Dillon. Oh, my God, yeah. I was mentioning that to Kevin Sullivan recently, and he's like, yeah, it's a stupid, like, storytelling device. I'm like, yeah, but he doesn't know that he wants to fight Hogan. He's saying six. and Kurt For Hanigan. weeks. Yeah. Oh, that was embarrassing. Oh. I mean, it's like
0: they just made J.J. look like a complete freaking moron. Like, you've got you know, 60,000 people who all know Sting oh, wants to yeah, fight Hogan. Yeah. But for some Hogan, reason, yeah. you know, the president of WCW, it's just not clicking for him.
1: Oh, my God. I remember the really? one time he's like, oh, I, I got what you wanted. I got you a contract. Your match with six. And, it's like, and he ripped up what? the contract. Like, oh, my God. He was, I, mean, I asked jj I- Dillon about that, too. And he, like, basically was like, they made me look stupid. I don't even want to get into it. He was, like, still mad about it. I don't blame him. That was bad. The architect of
0: the freaking horseman.
1: So, I so asked Sullivan about it. And, obviously, J.J. looks bad. But he was saying it's almost like a tease to the crowd. It's like, we know what you want. We're going to pretend to give it to you and then say six. And then you're going to become even more infuriated. It kind of worked if you think about it, because the pay-per-view right. buy was was the highest ever. So it's like up until that point, of course. But it's like, man, it, it worked. But as a fan, you're like, wow, J.J. Dillon is a moron.
0: I mean, not to go off on, on too big of a side tangent, but we're seeing yeah. it happen right now inside of the WWE. Because after what happened at Crown Jewel, the way that Paul Heyman threw the title between Lesnar and Roman, right? clearly Paul Heyman's best interest is the universal championship. He doesn't give a damn about Roman. He doesn't give a damn about Brock. He's going with the money cow, right? Whoever's the champion. Roman Reigns is not an idiot. At this point, Roman Reigns knows he cannot trust Paul Heyman. So why does he keep him around? Like it's making Roman look bad because like all of a sudden Roman's an idiot and doesn't see what everybody else sees. Come on. Like it, it's, just, it's it's insulting the way, to the fans, you the know. The way
1: uh Roman like talks to him, it's almost like he knows he doesn't trust him. It's weird like when he tells him to do stuff. So yeah, there's something there. I don't know, they're try they're, I don't know, hopefully they're going to expose, it, but I feel like Roman's about to not turn on him, but I feel like something's going to pop off with those two inevitably Heyman's going to end up out on his
0: ass. He's not going to be with Roman anymore. He's not going to be with Brock anymore. And then the appeal is, well, now what the hell does Paul Heyman do? Right. But unfortunately JJ never really recovered from that. No, no, nope. you know, I mean, it's a really, really bad spot to be in when you're made to look stupid.
1: So, Another guy we kind of briefly mentioned before that's definitely high up on the list for me, and that's Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Not only... Did they have WrestleMania one? Then they turn him face and they're teaming together. Then he turns on him and they have an awesome feud. The big event up there in Toronto they expected to sell. The rumor is like, oh, 10,000 seats or whatever. They sold 60,000 tickets for Hogan Orndorf because people wanted to see that. I mean, it was, if you look at that show, like the mass of humanity, and it's not even like set up properly. So it even looks crazier how that. that look and that feel that show is but man they did big big business big money you got 30 million people watching them on saturday night's main event first, I think it was 20 million. And then they did a rematch of people. There was like 30 million. So it just shows you was like, okay, people were maybe not 30, but very close. I know Hogan Andre was 30, 33 million, but it was like more people were wanting to see it the next time. So that's another one where I was like, man, you kind of set up with WrestleMania one, you turn baby face because Piper saying his fault. They lost. Then he turns on Hogan and then he ends involved again. He's using Hogan's music. Just awesome feud. And you think about it. It's like, man, like a star of that era that people remember, like Mister Wonderful. Hell yeah, and I hated his guts.
0: But it's interesting. We did a whole show on this feud, right, on, on the Hogan era podcast, and didn't we? Not didn't yet. We do that? Not, not for yet. some reason, I felt like we did that.
1: We mentioned him, and we were talking about him, but we didn't do a whole thing on him yet. But we will. Okay, but
0: why don't people look back on it as fondly? As they do, Warrior and Savage and Andre. Hell, I mean even Slaughter.
1: Right? Like I, th- I what, think because why? it's not. I think because it didn't happen at WrestleMania. Although it could have happened at WrestleMania three, it did not. He was kind of on standby for that, just in case Andre was injured. But. Um, and people would have bought into it, I think. I mean, just they were so into that damn feud, I think, because it wasn't on a big show. People don't remember the big event as finally as they remember WrestleMania 3, 5, 6, or 7, and that poster. I think that's it. If you get Hogan and yeah. Orndorf on the poster staring at each other, people are going to remember that.
0: Yeah, it just it seems like it's almost like the lost feud for Hulk Hogan,
1: which makes no sense because they made so much goddamn money right. off of it and they kept it going for months on end.
0: Yeah, it, it, it but it, it years I mean, on even, end. When like WWE talks about Hogan, right? Like they bring up all these other names and it's like, they stop at WrestleMania three. They don't tell any of the story, like between like the chic and WrestleMania three, like that all feels like it's just kind of like this lost period of time for Hulk Hogan and Hulkamania. It's so weird to me.
1: I don't get it. It's strange. I guess it's because there was no WrestleMania. There's no poster. There's no kind of reliving it every year. But, man, they made a ton of money. They yeah. drew, drew everywhere, made made God knows how many millions of dollars that those right. two did. But it's funny because Hogan always says, oh, he stiffed me a lot of stuff. I wonder if it was not a guy that works soft. You know what I mean? Maybe some guys want to work a little softer with Hogan because he's worth so much money so valuable to the company. But Order's he wasn't that at way. that
0: time. I, I like
1: I think maybe that's the thing. Like Hogan wasn't worth all
0: of that at that time. This is the building of that, you know? So it's like Hogan didn't become that guy until he beat Andre.
1: But I think, you know, he's still like the number one draw in the company. So it's like, man, maybe not working with stiff, but Orndorf, man, he's he's laying it in there. He's working him. St- and yeah. you know, what's Hogan gonna do? Orndorf is like a legit badass tough guy. He's probably he would probably kill him in a fight, you know? Absolutely. So Hogan's gonna go along to get along, of course. But also he's gonna keep Orndorf in the back pocket because he likes making money.
0: Yep. Nope. I completely agree. Now let me ask you this, pause, because I had these two guys side by side, and I really kind of went back and forth over which one I had higher than the other. Where do you have Ted DiBiase compared to Paul Orendorf?
1: Oddly enough, though, this is very weird because DiBiase didn't have that big time one on one feud with Hogan. They did do a bunch of house shows. They did do you know main events and stuff, and and, and some TV feuds as well. I have oh uh, DiBiase way lower,
0: way lower, uh, yeah, way
1: right. lower. I have Orndorff maybe maybe too high. Maybe that's the smark in me having him way high on my list. I have Orndorf in my top ten. But DiBiase, that is an awesome feud, and I had to put him on the list. Just I love that feud. He mm-hmm. plays a big role, obviously, with Andre, too. Yep. But I felt like it's almost like if it was, let's say, DiBiase, Hogan, at WrestleMania four as the main event, DiBiase and that poster feel again, he'd be higher, but we got DiBiase, Savage, and not so much Hogan. So that's why I didn't even know DiBiase definitely plays a big role and definitely had an awesome feud with him. They should have, or not should have, but they could have had a WrestleMania match or a bigger pay-per-view match where it's not a tag match like SummerSlam. I, th-
0: I feel like they should have had a singles
1: match. I agree. That's another thing with Hogan. It's like those one on one uh pay-per-view matches were so special. You like hold on to them and I think you put them at a higher regard, but he should have. I, mean, I mean, I mean that would have been awesome. And like, then people would have bought into it because he's such an you know awesome heel.
0: Right. What so why didn't it ever happen? That's the part that I don't understand you know like because i mean even as part of the andre feud like yeah dibiase was the perfect super villain behind the monster you know what i mean like that that whole presentation was just so freaking cool and then you've got the all-american guy who's got to go through the monster to get to the dirty sleazebag lex luthor kind of freaking character that like superman should just absolutely destroy but for some reason we never got it and and The only thing that makes any sense to me is that Hogan didn't want to do it. What I don't understand is why, like, was it just because like DiBiase's style, was it because Hogan would just have to sell so much for DiBiase, and, and Hogan was not into that? Like, wait, it had to be a political thing on Hogan's part to me, because like, I don't see any logical reason why that was not a bigger match inside of the company
1: to me i don't know and it's strange but it's almost like they went in a different direction but they did have some one-on-one matches and some house room feuds and some tv feuds and stuff but it was like intermediate feud where it wasn't the main feud like again where hogan is feuding with two guys at once or the one guy's is like main feud for the pay-per-views and this guy's this feud. but dibiase was like the biggest heel in the company at one point i feel like he definitely could have gotten that spot and it's funny when he did end up in that spot savage was a champion so that's who he feuded with why hogan feuded with andre still so and then all of a sudden the twin towers came into play so it's like you're kind of feuding with boss man while DiBiase is there but boss man is kind of getting the more high profile matches so weird
0: yeah it's just one of those that just never really made any sense to me why that match didn't happen because it it seems like it should absolutely like destined you know And I kind of, another guy that's on my list, Ric Flair. Yes. Like it's, it's the match that should have happened. And it kind of feels like the same thing where they do the house show loop. They had a ton of singles matches against one another. And then Hogan's like, yeah, it doesn't work for me, brother. We're not doing that on the pay-per-view. Like what? Like it seems like there's so much money to be made between DiBiase and Hogan and between Flair and Hogan at that time before we actually got to Flair and Hogan.
1: So it looks like, or as the story goes, JJ Dillon has said it against Vince. Um, was his decision, but they weren't doing enough box office. They so didn't do enough business as they thought. So wanted to change direction. Plus, Hogan was leaving. Flair's the champion. They don't want Hogan to win the title and then have to do something with the title. So it got all screwed up there with Hogan kind of going to Hollywood for a bit.
0: Doesn't that just sound like a bunch
1: of BS, though? Like, it wasn't doing the box office we expected.
0: Really? Ric Flair versus Hulk Hogan. Not putting butts in seats. Like, come on
1: funny it's like look like it did at first it looked like a bunch of sellers and it looked like the second go around didn't do as good but i don't know it's weird like hogan flair that seems like the wrestlemania main event to me even though i love sid and he's on my list too obviously down further but and i love sid and i love that main event i love the way that looks in the poster but hogan flair is is well above hogan Sid.
0: yeah and, and it's just weird and the only thing that like seems to make any kind of logical sense is when you think about the offense Hogan didn't want to have to sell for flair in the figure four. He didn't want to have to sell for DiBiase inside of the million dollar dream. Like he could kick out at two and a half, but selling submission moves for Hogan at that period in time just wasn't really a thing that he was, you know, down to do.
1: So Flyers on my list not only for WWF the match that didn't happen, but when they go to WCW, Absolutely. huge business in '94. Then they start having really but, good. But athletes. it's it's not box office pause. Like
0: nobody want nobody
1: will pay to see that. Like that's what p- blows
0: the holes in that argument.
1: True, it's just weird. It was like how come it worked in '94 when they're two years older, but couldn't work in '92. Right? I don't know. It, it is weird. I, I kind of I don't know. I never. Understood it or really liked it, the fact that we didn't get Hogan Flair. Because come on, how awesome would that be on, on a damn WrestleMania poster? Right. Um, just it would be so damn cool. I know it's cool with Savage, Flair, Hogan, and Sid, but those two, the two biggest stars of the '80s, two biggest stars of all time, probably. Right. Um, man, just to, they they screwed up on that one. Um, but WCW didn't. They did big business at Havoc. They did big business at Bash of the Beach. Even into '99, they were still feuding and wrestling. And then again through the Hulkamania tour, and then tna i mean they were feuding forever
0: yeah they kind of killed the town on it but it was like you know they kept us wanting it for so long and i feel like as vince looks back at his life if vince mcmahon was going to sit down and write a book about his life and call it missed opportunities that has to be towards the top of the list
1: yeah that's that's what weird one i don't even know how to describe it other than just weird how it didn't happen how it didn't come to play
0: Yeah, and the entire second half of the book is about NXT, just in case you were curious. (laughs) What about Sergeant Slaughter? Great feud. It was a great feud, but man, it's too short and it's so weird like go back and look at it now, like it just feels so weird seeing Sergeant Slaughter as an Iraqi
1: sympathizer. Like that's crazy. Yeah, oh, I mean? he's my I... favorite GI Joe too, but I, I hated it. I was like, oh my! I was like, are you kidding me? How is that possible? He's the best GI Joe. Like what? Yeah, crazy. yeah. Hulk. It, it's Hulk it, and him was it was great though. It in, was in great,
0: the... but like, does it age well? You
1: know. <laughs> you know what actually does age well? Have you watched the uh, Desert Storm matches? They are there are hardcore matches or there are street fights. Right. Those matches are great, and it's funny. I just was doing a Hogan era on Slaughter, so I was reading up on all this, all this stuff. So, match made God, in I heaven. I had match.
0: forgotten about that Desert Storm. Match.
1: Yeah. Oh man, the MSG one. Literally, my buddy messaged yeah. me the other day because he was listening to the podcast. He goes, he goes, that MSG match, Desert Storm match, is my one of my favorite top probably top five favorite matches of all time. He said, that match was awesome. I said, Hey, I'll give you a little trivia here. And I just realized this the other day. Didn't even know this. Match made in heaven. Match made in hell. It's supposed to be Hogan and Slaughter. Desert Storm. Hell. Savage and Elizabeth getting married, heaven. I was like, that would have been awesome. Then they screwed it up with that terrible handicap uh, tag match. I was like, holy shit. Cause if you'd noticed, they're doing that match, perfecting right. it, getting it ready for SummerSlam, and it doesn't happen. So I was like, man, that kind of sucked. Like, man, like that was stupid. Like, imagine getting that match and a like a Hogan hardcore street fight on a pay per view to be the main event. Like, holy shit, that would have been awesome. You know, one of the under, like
0: to me anyway, the most underrated parts of this entire feud, Piper was doing commentary at the time. Oh, yeah. Awesome and at it. Piper on commentary just made it so much better. Yeah. And, and it's so, it, it's weird how, like, you can, like, look back and be like, yeah, the commentary at that point. That's what really sold it, but it really was because he acted like it was real. Yeah, yeah, and and he was just he was so insulted by it, but he couldn't pull for Hogan, and it, it was it was this weird kind of look into Roddy Piper's psyche, as well as everything that was going on on screen. It was really really good.
1: So I had to consider Slaughter just because I love that feud, even though albeit brief, really WrestleMania Seven. SummerSlam 91 and it kind of fades out after that. And Savage turned or excuse me, Slaughter turns babyface. After that, though, he starts feuding, albeit briefly, with The Undertaker. Did that follow on your list at all? I know Oh Two, Undertaker beats him for the title too, but Undertaker make your list at all? Well, and I, Undertaker did
0: not make my list, but he was considered for the list. And the thing is, like, people want to go back to those that early feud. And it was so weird because you weren't really used to the Undertaker character as of yet. He kind of seemed like a monster of the week. And Hogan no selling went.
1: Hogan. You're like, what the hell? Yeah.
0: Right. But if you go back and you look at the matches in 02, they're actually really freaking good. Like that, that to me is when Undertaker really kind of started coming into his own. So, Undertaker, I could see him being on the list, but I didn't put him on mine. What about King Kong Bundy, WrestleMania 2 and beyond? And here we go again with Bobby Heenan, right? Yes, yes. I mean, it it all comes back to Bobby Heenan. This, to me, is like the epitome of King Kong Bundy. You know what I mean? Like, Bundy is one of those guys that by the time we were getting into pro wrestling and our age demographic, Bundy was kind of in, you know, the nostalgia point of his career and had kind of been really, really hurt inside of the booking. Like, but this is like the end of it, right? Like he's the Hogan feud and Bundy putting him over. Like, I feel like it was a much bigger deal to our parents and their generation of pro wrestling fans than it was to us because I feel like Bundy was so compromised by that point
1: great though build up where he destroys hogan's ribs and everything because you're like holy crap this guy's gonna really beat hogan like wow and again i say it again because i love posters but those two on the poster is just awesome it's like wow this behemoth king kong is gonna destroy hulkamania ready broke his ribs that's cool and then when Hogan beats him, they still keep him strong for a while because basically he's like the bridge to the Andre feud. And mm-hmm. and like that's what happens with Andre. And like so they even keep him strong enough for another like year or so where he's beating him a Saturday night's main event. After he doesn't beat him, then he gets the rematch and does beat him. So it's like, wow, they kept Bundy strong for a while. And Hogan loved him. Hogan yeah. brought him to Japan years earlier, but Hogan loved him. And he, uh, Bundy loved Hogan. He always said, he's like, oh, Hogan made me so much money. So awesome feud to me. And I had to put him on the list just because maybe it's not going to win or anything. But any of those top tier Hulkamania era, Hulk era top feuds, WrestleMania style, got to be on the list. So,
0: Paz, as we're getting close to the 50-minute mark, I see there's still names on my list that you haven't hit. I can't imagine how many names you've got left on yours.
1: I got a bunch. So, (laughs) want to run through the one run through yours and i'll, I'll see who i have and who, who's not well i i do have the giant
0: when the yes, giant
1: debuted inside
0: of wcw i have him on my list I, I i thought that entire feud was great until you know the giant ended up joining the nwo i mean it could have almost been a continuation of andre hogan right like you yep. could have kept that going for years and instead wcw kind of blew that one i do have zeus on my list you got zeus on your list pause Hell yeah. Is that like the most underrated Hogan feud? Like Zeus was terrifying to me as a child.
1: I love Zeus. Great, great small feud. I mean, obviously it's shorter in, in time span, but I just love it because of the movie, his look, his presence. Okay. He's not a good wrestler, blah, 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 but just his look and his aura. You're like, man, this guy is somebody and he's huge. I mean, he's just a monster of a man.
0: Yep. Absolutely.
1: Bully Ray, I have
0: on my list going Ooh. to the TNA feud with Aces and Eats and Hogan. Oh, come on, man. You got even got Brooke Hogan involved in that feud. It was great stuff. I've got Sid on my list, although yes. not as high as I, I, I kind of wanted because, you know, Ric Flair, like the match shouldn't have happened, even though I thought it was yep. actually pretty good. Uh, one name that we has not come up yet that really kind of surprises me, you haven't mentioned, was Vader. The Vader feud. He was
1: next on my list. I was going to mention after Bundy. Yes. I love that Freaking
0: brutal, man. I love the matches with Vader and Hogan.
1: They were great. And it's funny because Vader supposedly was scheduled. So we thought to win one of the matches to have like a trilogy fight, but Hogan didn't want to lose. They kind of, if you remember at one point, Flair, who's not even in the match, takes a loss for Vader. It was like, it was like basically. Right. Sullivan said, I need to protect Vader. I don't want him to lose. If Hogan's not going to put him over, what can we do? So, like, Flair gets volunteered to lose. (laughs) It's like, didn't make sense. But it was like the only way Hogan would go through with it, and where Sullivan was like, Stop with his foot down. Vader's not losing at this point. Not yet. So then eventually when Vader does lose, it's like the blow off the feud when then Vader obviously turns face a little bit and then he's eventually gone. But it was funny. It's like, oh, you kind of want the guy to win to keep the feud going because he's such an awesome heel and an awesome monster. So they found creative ways to just kind of keep it going. Now,
0: I love Vader and I, I, I think Vader's best stuff all took place in Japan. And when I wonder as to why Vader never got as big in the States as he did in Japan, I feel like it's because of Hogan. If Hogan would have just put Vader over once, he could have been a legit main event star.
1: It was weird where Hogan was at that point. I guess he and they just kind of getting in, just getting the title. He didn't want to put him over, but he definitely should have. And to me, yep. that should have been Starcade, not Butcher. It should have been Hogan Vader, should have been the Starcade main event. That would have because Starcade 94 yeah. does, not, does not sell well at all for a Hogan pay per view. For a regular deficit pay per view, sure. Yep. But especially compared to Havoc, Havoc did like 100,000 more buys with Hogan, right. Flair, retirement match. Imagine if it's Hogan, Vader. I mean, they did good buys for Uncensored and the other pay-per-views in Bash of the Beach. Um, so, like, of course they would have done good. But if you think of they're like, wow, Hogan, Vader, and that would have f- been awesome.
0: I feel like it followed him for the rest of his career. Like, no matter what he did, there was, like, that ceiling was on Vader. Like, he, you knew he was never going to get over that hump. It sucked Hogan.
1: too because man, that Sting feud was awesome. And him being the champ right? for a year is like, man, he he got over that hump. He should beat Hogan. It just didn't happen. I guess the timing just wasn't right, but I feel like he should have gotten one win and they could have had the trilogy and Hogan goes over. But how about Kurt Angle? You got Kurt Angle on your no, list? No, I did not. Nope. Although yeah, I do you... love that match.
0: No love for TNA, huh?
1: I do love the King of the Ring match as well in you know, O2.
0: I I feel like those two are really really good opponents because you had like you know the size and the kind of burly strength and the 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 brawling style of Hogan versus you know the Mister Olympian broken freaking neck Kurt Angle. When people talk about you know some of the best matches of Hogan's career, I think Angle might have been one of his top like two or three in ring opponents. Like those matches on the Hogan scale are really freaking good. What about the big boss man? See, and boss man's one of those guys that like, he was borderline for me as to whether he should go on my list or not, because yeah, it was cool. And it was a great feud, but like best, like when I'm thinking of like, you know, the greatest, like big boss, man, really?
1: But he was he was a strong bridge between the Andre feud and the Savage feud because you needed something in between where you're actually going to make money. You can't just go, okay, he's eventually going to feud with Savage. Like you got to keep the crowd up and making money. So you need that strong base. And he carried the 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 cross. I mean, he carried it all the way, basically feuded from 88 to 89 with Hogan. And they have a few awesome cage matches. And freaking Hogan is doing top rope suplexes on top of a cage. And Bossman is taking it and flipping over as Hogan takes him from, from one side of the cage to the other. They've had, I don't know, just awesome chemistry, awesome matches. And he was a rookie. Not rookie, but rookie to WWF at that right. point. And Hogan is really putting him over strong. To me, I love the Twin Towers. I just thought like that was a really good glue feud where you had to glue Andre and Savage together, but you needed something in between and somebody to create that rift. Bossman at the Royal Rumble, uh, basically eliminating Hogan. Survivor Series 88 before that with the Mega Powers and the Twin Towers. Eventually, after Hogan wins the title, he still has to hurdle that mountain. So I don't know. I had Bossman pretty high in mind. I love that Bossman feud.
0: I, I think that feud would have been better if Bossman wasn't in the Bossman gimmick. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, because it just felt so Gimmick, like, oh, it's Hulk Hogan versus the big boss man. You know, like if it would have been Hulk Hogan versus big Bubba Rogers, you know what I mean? Like it has a little bit different kind of connotation, but you know, they're not going to put somebody with a gimmick like the big boss man over Hulk Hogan. Like it, it was good, the feud was good, but at no moment in time did I ever buy into the big boss man dethroning Hulk Hogan. You know, what I mean? and I mean- it was just because of the gimmick. Did you have Big John Studd on your list? Of course, I've got Big John Studd on my list. Like, w- when you yeah. talk about the early days of Hogan in the WWF, it, I feel like Studd is kind of like Andre pre-Andre.
1: And it's weird. Um, You know, I guess, like, rumors out there, if it wasn't going to be Bundy, but who knows what was going on with Studd in this point in WrestleMania and, how, like, whatever. But... They were feuding all over the place. I mean, they're drawing out, sold out house shows. They're going to Puerto Rico, selling out. I mean, they're going everywhere in wrestling and selling out. So it's like, wow, Stud might get that match with Hogan at WrestleMania 2. Piper might get it. But then it's like, maybe Stud because he's such a monster and they're going in that direction. So Bundy ended up getting it. But weird that Stud didn't get more of a high-profile feud with Hogan, even though they've sold out everywhere.
0: Yeah.
1: Who else you got? I've got two names left on my list.
0: And I can't believe that you haven't brought either one of them up. Nick uh, Bockwinkel. well we we kind of mentioned Bachwinkle I, I I feel like the Bachwinkle feud with Hogan is seriously un, like criminally underrated she
1: for a base for Hokamania.
0: yeah, exactly and the frenzy it's sad to me that more pro wrestling fans don't talk about Nick Bachwinkle like when, when, when we when they talk about the historical greats in that goat conversation, it's sad to me that more people don't talk about Nick Bockwinkle because I think Bockwinkle was absolutely that good. So I've I've got two other ones. The Rock. The Rock is absolutely one of them. And, And the biggest reason that The Rock is on my list. Vince McMahon. Well, I mean, how much freaking money did they draw? I mean, come on. It, it was uh-huh. ridiculous. And it was kind of a rebirth of Hulk Hogan and a little bit of a rebirth of Hulkamania and yep. that twilight of Hogan's career that everybody yep. enjoys so much, unless you're me. And so, pause. Who do you suppose is the last name on my list? You should know this. You should know Vince, this. Vince McMahon. No, no. WrestleMania,
1: WrestleMania 19.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but pause. It's me. It's me, it's on my list of Antonio Inoki. There you go, pause. There you go. When you look historically at butts in seats, at revenue generated, if you go for the interest rate and you adjust yen over to dollars, Antonio Inoki is probably right up there, you know, with you know, Rock, Andre, Savage, like and and Hogan. I feel like that was a huge part of Hogan's career that people just kind of sweep under the rug. And I don't understand why, because I thought that feud was great. I thought that's some of the best Hogan matches that you're going to see.
1: Just some other WWF names throw out there. Earthquake, Dr. D David Schultz. They had an awesome feud. Absolutely. These are kind of like intermediary feuds to me. I know Hogan and earthquake did main events and stuff, but to me, um these are like other feuds dr david schultz they have some awesome barn burner matches and blood and Uh, everything they're great
0: i will say earthquake kind of in that same category as boss man to me like there was no way they were putting a guy named earthquake over hulk (laughs)
1: um another uh house show feud and in you know the regional tv feud harley race they had some freaking awesome matches that's another one
0: why didn't that happen
1: right and it's awesome too because Harley Race comes out on a house show, beats the crap out of Hogan. Hogan comes back out, and, you know, uh, I forget, um, was it Philly, maybe? He comes back, and he's like, I'm fighting him next month. Like, it, it, like the cra- like crowd is nuts. They're into it. it. It's selling out. I mean, Harley Race and Hogan was awesome. Another guy, Bad News Brown, and Hogan had some Ooh, awesome that's lint. a good one. Good one. T- Terry Funk and Hogan had a brief, really Saturday Night's Main Event-style feud where it happened on a few of those shows. Awesome. Don Morocco and Hogan had some barn burners. And then finally, for WWF on my list, I had Mister Perfect. The rumor was the WrestleMania six didn't happen, but I love that feud nonetheless. And then just some WCW feuds: Lex Luger, Goldberg, DDP, and then WW slash TNA Jeff Jarrett, which almost was a feud that's it, a good one, which didn't happen, but it should have. I mean, more matches anyway.
0: When you talk about the Jeff Jarrett feud, it also almost feels like you know Vince Russo should have been on your list. Like, you know, like, like Russo and Hogan and and Jarrett was kind of a a part of that. You you brought up Kurt Henning. Is that another one of those? Why the hell didn't this match happen? Like, because that's another one that even like just having that feud happen. And if Hogan would have just put perfect over once, perfect would have been a legitimized main eventer.
1: And it's funny too, because he's still feuding with him leading up to WrestleMania 6 and Imperfect and, and Genius are involved with the Warrior thing. But I feel like when Hulk eliminates him at Royal Rumble, that's almost like, yeah, rid, like, that like, get rid of this feud, you know, move yep. on to the next one. Like, damn it. Should have been more of a high profile feud.
0: Would have been a good match too, because uh, I, if Styles make fights, Henning would have been a bump
1: machine for Hogan. Yep. I agree. So it's that time. Who do you got? Who is number one? Who is Hulk Hogan's greatest opponent?
0: Well, it's difficult for me, Paz, because I feel like the correct answer is Bobby Heenan. Like all these names that we have talked about, like half of them are connected to Bobby Heenan in one way or another. But if we're going in ring, I'm going to go with Andre the Giant. Who do you got?
1: I was leaning Andre, and he was kind of the first name I wrote down, but I wrote down Macho second. I was like, man, I'll keep going back and forth, but I'll go with longevity in the box office because not only did it start in the mid-'80s and it really popped off at the end of the-'80s and went into the-'90s, and then it went to WCW and really ended at the end of the-'90s, and then Savage was still ripping apart in that that uh, rap album, still going, still going on. I got to go with Macho Man. Not only is my favorite Hogan feud, but I think it is – hogan's best just because if you go longevity add up all the box office it's probably his most profitable feud and that's probably why he kept going back to that well of beating i know savage hardly ever beat him and people think at at points it's a rib like oh hogan's got to go over on savage you know stuff like that but i gotta go with that feud what a freaking money maker two of the biggest stars ever it's like when uh austin fought rock it's like you got two of the biggest stars ever you're lucky as hell Yep. That you got them wrestling each other and feuding with each other because that is huge.
0: Yep, absolutely. Completely agree. not going to so, argue. Nice.
1: Yes, finally. So let's head towards the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com, and, of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Jargo, what do you got? Cross social media platforms, at notjargo, at
0: markmedia.com, michaeljargo.com.
1: Nice. Good stuff, as always, Jargo. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you right back here next week for Who Is. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash Empire. Become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingteas.com. Two man power trip where the power lies, brother.